0: This is part three of our four-part series recounting Don Bosco's mystical vision of hell. We'll now hear how Don Bosco entered the gates of hell under the protection of his supernatural guide in this episode of The Miracles and Prophecies of St. John Bosco, a project of America Needs Fatima. I'm your host, Matthew Miller. A new group of boys came hurtling down and the portals momentarily opened. The guide said to me, come inside with me. I pulled back in horror. I couldn't wait to rush back to the oratory to warn the boys lest others might be lost. But my guide insisted, come and you will learn much. But first tell me, do you want to go alone or with me? He asked this to make me realize that I lacked strength and thus needed his friendly assistance. I replied, Alone into that horrible place? How could I ever find my way out without your help? A thought then dawned on me that aroused my courage. One must be judged before he is condemned to hell, and I haven't been judged yet. So I resolutely exclaimed, Let's go. We entered that narrow, horrible corridor with lightning speed. A threatening inscription shone eerily over each of the inner gateways. The last one opened into a vast and grim courtyard with a large and ominous entrance at the far end. Above it stood this inscription, Ibunt impi in ignem eternum," And these, the wicked, shall go into everlasting fire. A verse from the Gospel of Matthew. All walls were similarly inscribed. I asked my guide permission to read them, which he granted. I looked at the Latin inscriptions and started reading one after the next. Translated, they read, I will give fire into their flesh, that they may burn forever. The Book of Judith. The smoke of their torments goes up forever and ever, they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The Book of the Apocalypse. There is no peace to the wicked. The Book of Isaiah. Here all kinds of torments forever and ever. Here disorder and everlasting horror dwell. The Book of Job. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of Matthew. As I moved from one inscription to another, My guide, who stood in the center of the courtyard, came up to me, saying, From here on, no one may have a helpful companion, a comforting friend, a loving heart, a compassionate glance, or a benevolent word. We've crossed the line. Would you just want to see these things, or experience them yourself? I just want to see, I answered. Then come with me, my friend added. Taking me by the hand, he stepped through that gate into a corridor at whose far end stood an observation deck closed by a huge crystal pane from floor to ceiling. As I crossed its threshold, I felt untold terror and dared not take another step. I saw ahead of me something like an immense cave which gradually disappeared into deep recesses in the bowels of the mountain. Everything was ablaze but not with an earthly fire with leaping tongues of flames. The cave's walls, ceiling, floor, iron, stones, wood, and coal were glowing white at temperatures of thousands of degrees. However, the fire neither incinerated nor consumed anything. I cannot find words to describe this frightening cave. All I can think of is the verse from Isaiah, For in Topeth there has been prepared beforehand a pit, deep and wide, with straw and wood in plenty. The breath of Yahweh, like a stream of brimstone, will set fire to it." As I stood, stunned, looking all around, a boy dashed out of a gate, screaming at the top of his lungs, as if falling into a lake of liquid bronze. He plunged into the center of the cave, and immediately became incandescent and motionless as his dying wail echoed in the distance. Struck with terror, I stared at him for a moment. He seemed to be one of my oratory boys. I asked my guide, Isn't he so-and-so? He responded, Yes, indeed. But why is he so still and incandescent, but doesn't burn out? He replied, you have chosen to see, so don't speak now, but watch, and you'll see. Furthermore, omnis enim igne salietor et omnis victima sali salietor. Everyone shall be salted with fire. Every victim shall be salted. Which I remembered was a verse from the Gospel of Mark. I looked again and saw another lad hurtling down into the cave at high speed. He, too, was from the oratory and remained just as he fell. He, too, emitted a heart-rending shriek that blended in with the last echoes of the scream from the youth before him. Several other boys kept falling in increasing numbers, also screaming and becoming motionless and incandescent. I observed that the first seemed frozen with one hand and one foot raised into the air. The second lad seemed almost bent in two and stuck to the floor. Many had their feet in the air, others their face on the ground. Still others remained in various positions, sitting or lying down, standing, kneeling, hands clutched in their hair. In short, the scene resembled a large, statutory group of youngsters cast into ever more painful positions. Other lads fell into that same furnace. Some I knew, others I never met. I recalled that the book of Ecclesiastes says something to the effect that as you fall into hell, so you will forever remain. Lignum in quocumque loco ceciderunt, ibi exit. Where the tree falls, there it shall lie. Even more afraid, I asked my guide, Do these boys know where they're going when they come hurtling into this cave? Of course they do. They were warned a thousand times, but still chose to rush into the fire because they neither hated sin nor wanted to give it up. They despised and rejected God's merciful and continuing invitations to do penance, provoked divine justice, persecutes, and hounds them so that they can't stop until they get here. Oh, how afflicted these poor boys must feel, knowing they no longer have any hope, I exclaimed. My guide answered, If you want to know their inner frenzy and fury, draw closer. I took a few steps toward the window and saw many of those wretches savagely hitting one another like rabid dogs. Others were clawing their own faces and hands, tearing their own flesh, and spitefully throwing it about. At that point, the whole ceiling of the cave became as transparent as crystal and unveiled a patch of heaven and their radiant companions saved forever. Fuming and panting with envy, the poor wretches burned with rage because they once mocked the just, as in Solemn 111 The wicked shall see and shall be angry, he shall gnash his teeth and pine away. I asked my guide, "'Why do I hear no voices?' "'Draw closer!' he shouted. Pressing my ear to the crystal window, I heard some screaming, sobbing, and writhing. Others blasphemed and insulted the saints. It was a shrill and confused tumult of voices and cries, so I asked my friend, "'What are they saying? What are they shouting?' He answered, "'When they remember the happy lot of their good companions.' They're forced to admit, as it says in a verse from the Book of Wisdom, fools that we were, their lives we deemed madness, and their deaths dishonored. See how they are accounted among the sons of God, their lot is with the saints. We then have strayed from the way of the truth. That's why they cry out, we had our fill of the ways of mischief and ruin. We journeyed through impassable deserts but the way of the Lord we knew not. What did our pride avail us? All those things passed like a shadow. Such are the mournful chants which shall echo here throughout eternity, but their shouts, efforts, and cries are all in vain. Omnis dolor, iruet super eos. All evils will fall upon them, as it says in the book of Job. Here time is no more. Here is only eternity. A thought suddenly struck me as I, terrified, viewed the condition of many of my boys. How can all these boys here be damned? Last night they were still alive at the oratory. My friend answered, The boys you see here are all dead to God's grace. They would be damned if they died now or persisted in their ways. But let's not waste our time. Let's move on. He led me away from that spot and down through a corridor into a deep cavern. Above its entrance were two Latin verses, the first from the Book of Wisdom and the second from the Book of Judith. Their worm shall not die, and their fire shall not be quenched. And He will give fire and worms into their flesh, that they may burn and may feel forever. This showed how atrocious was the remorse of those who had been pupils in our schools. How tormented they were upon remembering each unforgiven sin and its just punishment, the countless and even extraordinary means available to mend their ways, persevere in virtue, and earn paradise, and their lack of correspondence to the many graces received from the Blessed Virgin Mary. Oh, how horrible to think they could have saved their souls so easily, but are now irredeemably lost and to remember the many good resolutions they made but never kept. Indeed, hell is paved with good intentions, as the proverb says. Again, I saw in this profound cavern the oratory boys who had fallen into the fiery furnace. Some of them are listening to me right now. Others are former pupils or even strangers. As I got closer to them, I noticed they were covered with worms and disgusting animals that gnawed at their hearts, eyes, hands, legs, and whole bodies with indescribable fury. They were motionless, subject to every torment, and unable to defend themselves. I drew closer, hoping to speak with them and console them or, or hear something from them, but no one spoke or looked at me. I asked my guide why that was. He explained that the damned no longer have any freedom. Each must fully endure God's punishment with no reprieve whatsoever. He added, Now you too must enter the fiery region you've seen. Oh no, I objected terrified. One must be judged before going to hell, and I haven't been judged yet, so I don't want to go to hell. He said, Tell me what you'd rather do. "'Visit hell and save your boys, or stay out and leave them in terrible agony.' I was stunned for a moment, and then answered, "'I love my boys and want to save them all, but isn't there some way to avoid them and I going in there?' He said, "'Yes, there is a way, but you must do everything you can.' With a sigh of relief, I said to myself, I don't mind working hard as long as I can rescue these dear sons from such torments. Come inside, then, my friend went on, and see how our good, almighty God lovingly provides a thousand means for guiding your boys to penance and saving them from everlasting death. So this is the end of part three. The fourth and final part of the story will be on Monday at 8 a.m., Thank you all so much for watching, and please consider helping me with a small monthly donation by following the link in the description below so that I can continue making videos and reach more people with the precious gift of the stories of St. John Bosco's life. God bless you, and may Our Lady keep you.